Here's what's coming up on today's show. It was more difficult the first month or two than it was during the recession because uh, during the recession, you know, you had to control things, okay? You can try to control your expenses, you can do things. But with the COVID, you know, as far as having employees test positive, have, you know, having restrictions all at once, the city tells you you can't deliver into a city, uh, things that you can't control, that, that's what's frustrating. This is Kansas City Connections, a local business podcast in Kansas City to help spotlight entrepreneurs and executives in the area and connect the bright minds of our community. Join us each episode to hear how these business owners and executives manage their companies, how they overcome present challenges, and how they plan to thrive in the future. Here's your host, Steve Hoover, owner of Wealth Partners Corporation. Welcome, everybody, to Kansas City Connection, a local business podcast. I'm your host, Steve Hoover, and I appreciate you joining me today. Today, I have a, a good friend of mine, Jeff Butts, who's vice president of KCG Incorporated here in Kansas City. Jeff, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Steve? I'm doing great, thank you. Um, everything we were talking before we came on the air, you're, you've been out traveling a little bit, so it sounds like you've been able to get in and out of town uh, here when I can, yes. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. And I think we were talking that the, the planes are about as clean as they've ever been uh, with what's been going on. They're as clean as they should have been to begin with. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. I, I, I always take my little hand sanitizer with me because every time I touch the magazine or touch anything, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I, even before all this happened, I'd, I'd have to disinfect myself. Yeah, I just hope after COVID, they continue to, to sanitize everything as well as they do now. So. Oh, we can always hope. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have much confidence in the airline industry to do that, um, but we can always hope. So, but anyway, hey, I appreciate you joining me today. Give me a little idea. Now, you're vice president of KCG Inc. What is KCG Inc.? Well, it, it's three different divisions, but uh, it's a company that was founded back in the, in the mid-60s by uh, the Rue family, which they're still uh, uh, majority owners in the company, which is, is very unusual for that, you know, we're the only industry and it's very unusual to have that happen for this many years. But the, there's three divisions. One of them is a drywall distribution, uh, which we're multiple states around the country, you know, say 25 states around the country, uh, distributes drywall and building related products. Uh, another division uh, manufactures a joint compound for drywall. And then we have what I consider a vocational truck dealership, which uh, mounts uh, booms that uh, deliver drywall and other products. Uh, onto trucks and, and for resale. Interesting. Um, how long have you been with them? 34 years. Oh, so you've been there quite a while then. Yeah, I started when I was very young. Was very young. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah, you started when, when you were 12, I think. 12, yeah. yeah, 12. That's when I started my practice when I was 13. Uh, it was my second, second job out of college. So I, I was with one company for nine months after college. And then uh, this is my second company I was with. So Interesting. What uh, now? You you the drywall is the drywall. I'm just always curious on in terms of the manufacturing. You all don't manufacture the drywall. You purchase it from somebody else. Yes, we purchase. It. We just, we just distribute the drywall. We we only, the only manufacturing we do is the the joint compound wall and ceiling sprays, and uh, we have some primers, some other other specialty products too. But uh, the majority of our manufacturing is in joint compound and wall and ceiling sprays. The rest of it we we purchase for resale. So now where is most of the, I'm just curious, where's most of the drywall come from? Where is it manufactured? All over the country. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the manufacturing plants are close to old gypsum mines. Uh, some of them use, you know, synthetic now 
and not as much gypsum. They kind of go back and forth on that. But uh, typically close gypsum mines, but they're, they're spread all around the country. I think one of the Medicine Lodge, Kansas, I think gypsum, California, I think is the name of it. Uh, they're just all over the place, all over the country. So, And what about the, dry, uh, the compound, I guess the drywall compound? Uh, joint compound, well, we have um, six manufacturing plants around the country. Um, in various locations, and, and that, that's not as sensitive where the product comes from because we have it shipped in pretty easily, easily shipped in to us from, from the uh, suppliers on that. So Interesting. How have you seen the, the, the construction industry in the last, well, we know up until basically the first part of the year, was it, did you find it going really strong, and is it staying strong, or what are you seeing right now? Well, Obviously, I'm, I'm, our chief financial officer and owners know more about that than I do. But from what, what, what I'm told is we've been pretty strong even through COVID. Residential still continues strong. We're seeing a little bit of drop off in the last probably 30 to 45 days in commercial. Mm. You know, obviously, a lot of empty offices, you know, people not uh, doing an office build out like they were before. And so I think it's finally catching up to, the, uh, to some of the commercial construction. So. Yeah, I've kind of noticed that around here um, where my office is, there's, there's an awful lot of building going on. I just don't, more of the, the outside, it looks like. I don't know if they're finishing the inside. Uh, in, in particular, on my, in my building, my floor, there hasn't been anybody here except me since March. I mean, the other two offices that are on my floor, they've been empty since, uh, or the personnel's been gone since March. So I've had basically a private office floor and private bathroom and everything for, for, um, <laughs> since March, it's been nice, but unfortunately yesterday, somebody was moving in. So I may have to start sharing my, my floor again, but yeah, I've kind of noticed I in, that. I was in an office a couple of months ago and there was a receptionist there and, and one or two people in, in a conference room and that was all was in this, it's a, you know, down on the plaza, about a 10 plus story building down there and there was nobody else in there. It's unbelievable. Do you, do you see, I'm, I'm just curious if you're, since you all have been in the you know, in the commercial side. Do you foresee a lot of that continuing on? In other words, not as many people being in an office uh, since they're able, quote, to remote, be remote as they uh, have been here since March? Well, I, I was talking to an, another financial advisor the other day and uh, a fairly large, you know, New York-based company. And they're, they're thinking that they may not even bring their, their employees back to their offices. And he's, he's possibly going to relocate you know, in a couple more years to another part of the country because it doesn't make any difference where he lives at this point based on what's happened. So it's, it's made them more, more flexible as far as where they can uh, live and, and work out of. So, so, they, so they still have office capabilities in most of the major cities. And so they're not being as particular saying, okay, well, you don't have your office, Lincoln office available to you, but you can work remotely. So I think, I think there's going to be a lot less need for, for as many offices as we've had in the past, at least in the short term. So yeah, I've noticed that as well. I've talked to a lot of other advisors like myself, and, and we were kind of all thrust into this deal in March of, of doing a lot more over Zoom or over the phone when we used to just do it in person. And um, if you're not really client-facing, for the most part, I, I don't see any reason why you would have to have expensive real estate to put your people in. Yeah. And I'm finding that there was a group above me who is on the eighth floor over here, and they sent out a note saying, we're leaving, come up and take whatever you want out of the office. We're basically going to be working from home. And the company said, we don't want the furniture. We don't want the files. We don't want the pictures on the wall. Come get them. So I did. I went up and got a chair and a lamp and 
paper clips and, um, you know, label. They were just giving away everything. And um, the, the lady that ran the, the office said, yeah, we're, we do HSA accounts. We do everything over the phone. We do everything over the computer. So the company was like, well, we're not going to pay the, the rent. So I think for certain industries, um, it really doesn't make any sense to have an office. But unfortunately, I'm seeing multiple offices, uh, office buildings built around here. Um, I question whether some made the similar in progress before COVID. So we'll see. We'll see if they fill those out. It'd be interesting to see if they continue those. So yeah, I think it's going to be a number of years before it it really uh, comes back the way it was. I mean, um, I know when I redid my lease here, um, they said the going per square foot rate was X, and I'm like, but I think that's going to be a tough go for them. I think even in in bigger cities, it's going to be a bigger bigger deal. So it'll be interesting to see, but the residential you're seeing fairly consistent. Uh, yes, yes, I, that's still. I think that's still going pretty well. So I think there's still a shortage of housing, and uh, you know, my daughter's trying to find a house to rent, and there's even a shortage of those. And so I, I still think there's there's going to be some need there, in the sh- at least in the short term, maybe long term also. Interesting. Yeah, I. It's it's an interesting conundrum we're in right now. Um, going forward. How about one of the things that, that um, the other part we had before all this happened was the, the employment rate was, was high. Have you been able to retain most, if not all of your, your employees and, and going at this time? Yes, we, we basically retained all, almost all of our employees at this time. In fact, the problem we have now is, you know, we, we do have a few positive COVIDs come up or at least symptom, people can become symptomatic, appear to have COVID. Uh, and we have people off work, and we're really uh, sometimes short-staffed at our locations. But so we, we've, we've been considered essential business from the very beginning. I know first couple of weeks, you know, we had some of the, some of the cities, uh, you know, Austin, Texas being one of them, trying to shut us down and tell us we couldn't deliver. It would be at hospitals and military base scenario we needed to deliver to, so we had to, to um, work around that. And all of our employees have really wanted to work also. We haven't really had anybody, you know, uh, they had a stay-at-home order in, in San Francisco, but we, our employees really wanted to come to work. And uh, we've done what we can to obviously protect them from from contracting the COVID. But uh, we've had we've had some positives, and and it's been problematic because if you have two man crews and a lot of our deliveries, sometimes three man, you have one person becomes positive, then you got to quarantine the others for a period of time. And uh, you know when you lose, you have one of your trucks down, one you know one or two of your trucks down at a location, that's that uh, puts us a little bit of a bind. Uh, we can only operate so many hours under DOT regulations, so it's not like we can make it up by working the other people longer hours either in some cases so uh in most cases and so uh you know it's been it's been challenging but we we haven't uh we've been able to fortunately retain um most of our employees so well that's good yeah that's 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 a nice you're fortunate to do that i've had a number of clients that i've dealt with that that some have been let go um from their job and some have been able to to hold on so it's really kind of been a hit and miss and I know there are an awful lot of uh, qualified people out there that that uh, that were let go, and it's really a shame. You know, the problem is we try to hire some people, and uh, it's they make more money not working sometimes under some of the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> some of the programs out there now, so I think some of those have expired, expiring. So, have uh, expired. So, but the, for a while there, we had a hard time getting new applicants uh, because it was it was they were being paid to stay home. So. Have you seen an uptick in people wanting to come work for you all or uh, applications? Well, you know, that, that, that's always a challenge, in, in, even in a non-COVID environment, trying to get CDL drivers. So it's, 
it's it's a challenge because it, there is it's very competitive out there to get CDL drivers. So I don't, I don't know if that's changed much from that aspect or not. You would you, know, you would think maybe with with COVID that uh, that that would be the case, but I think a lot of the trucking and things like that was considered essential. So it's still it's still challenging to try to get uh, CDL applicants. So have you found and this may be just a real off the wall question? Have you found any of the drivers your CDL going on the more the Walmart way or the Amazon way to be delivery? Well, for I mean, them? obviously, you know, I think we compensate our people very fairly. Um, they have to work very hard also because we're delivering billing materials. I'm not, not saying those, those other, those industry don't, industries don't work hard, but uh, you know, you're, it's, you know, you're in on construction sites, each one's different and uh, you're delivering a lot of different types of uh, drywall, which, you know, heavy products and things like that, and sometimes in difficult situations. Uh, so it's a little bit different type of a job. I think sometimes once they get to the point where our job is a little too difficult for them to, to do, then that, that's a good option for them to go, go to one of the other, you know, box type truck delivery, delivery uh, companies. But, uh, but they, that, that is a big uh, competition for us sometimes for drivers because it's a little bit different type of work. So huh, interesting. Well, all right. Uh, we're about at our, our time here. Uh, let me, I'm going to have you uh, with a crystal ball. Where do you think we are a year from now with, with what we're going through right now? What do you think business-wise we're sitting at this time next year? Well, our business, I mean, again, I, as I said earlier, I think, I think we're still, we'll still be strong in the, in the residential. I don't, I'm not sure where we're going to be at in the commercial. You know, as far as the economy, I, you know, if you ask for the whole economy, I don't know that I'm qualified to answer that. You know, I think that hopefully if they if they get past this COVID, you would think that maybe things would uh, would start to uh, on an uptick again. But uh, I'm, I'm not uh, qualified to answer that question on the uh, global economy. I guess <laughs> I know. I people ask me that, and I'm like, I, I have no. You know, I usually say, you know, it. I hate this term, but it it is what it is, or it is is what it's going to be. I don't. I have no idea. I guess what I can tell you is what I've witnessed in the last couple of weeks is that uh, the restaurants are starting to get extremely full, which I'm not sure if that's good as far as transfer of COVID. A lot of people are out shopping. The roads are starting to be more filled up. I think, I think people are tired of being quarantined, I guess, or, you know, having to stay at home or not have things to do. So I think, I think people are ready to spend some money and, and, you know, get out more than they were maybe two months ago even. So as I travel, I'm seeing the airports fuller. You know, every, every place I go, and it's, it seems like in the last two weeks, that's really, really been evident. So I, I really think that people are wanting to get out and spend some money. So I think that's a positive thing. I think the consumer spending probably is going to be up. So based on my limited experience, I guess, being out. That's good. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that too. I was noticing the, the taking longer to get through a, a stoplight out here or, or seeing, you know, driving by some of the restaurants, seeing the the number of cars sitting out there. So I think you're right. I think people are just starting to, to feel a little bit easier getting out. Again, I don't know if that's good or bad, but I just think people have kind of had it and want to get out and about, uh, especially with the weather being as nice as it's been here lately. So I became kind of spoiled because, uh, you know, we were essential business. So we came to the office and, and there was no traffic, you know, so it was mm-hmm. just a really nice, nice leisurely drive. And, uh, and now it, it, it was very, very hectic this morning getting in. Uh, it was stop and go short, short period of time, even though I don't have that far to work, go to work. And then trying to get into a restaurant last weekend, at outdoor seating, you know, having to wait 30 minutes to get to outdoor seating. I kind of enjoyed just being able to walk up and, uh, and get a seat. So I, I, I guess uh, 
I can tell there's more people out than there was, you know, in the past, like I said. So. And these restaurants are starting to figure out how they can do that a little bit better. So I guess innovation comes around with all this. So yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess I'm, that's I'm, good. I'm happy for those workers too. I mean, that's, that, that's been a difficult time for, for that particular industry. So it's, it's glad to see them get back, back to work. And, uh, that's been, that's been a tough industry. The restaurant industry hit, hit pretty hard. So. Yeah, it has, but, um, let me ask you one last question in terms of in 2008 and nine, you know, when we went through that, do you see what we're going through now as bad as it was then? Well, it was more difficult. You know, I was talking to our owners, uh, one of our chief financial officer owner about this and really it, it was more difficult first month or two than it was during the, the recession because uh, during the recession, you know, you had to control things. Okay. You can try to control your expenses. You can do things. But with the COVID, you know, as far as having employees contest positive, have, you know, having restrictions all at once, the city tells you you can't deliver into a city, uh, things that you can't control, that, that's what's frustrating. So, you know, at least we, you know, we, could, we could try to control a few things through the recession, even though those were very difficult times for us, more difficult financially for us at that time. But as far as managing, this was much more difficult to manage uh, the first, at least the first couple of months. You know, and we'll we'll see what happens going forward if they if they start imposing more restrictions. But where we're at now, at least at least we kind of gotten used to what their you know the CDC requires, uh, what the local jurisdictions require, et cetera. So we've kind of learned that and and got our protocol in place and things like that. But this this being the unknown a new, a new you know a new situation for us. This has happened since what 1918 was that the last right. Race? You know, so we we really haven't experienced this anything like this before. So this was kind of new for us. So it, it, at the beginning, it was much more difficult than than the recession for us. So, yeah, one of the the issues, and it affected different area. One of the people have asked me, you know, whether it's harder or whatever. It, it the the basic difference between this and and what happened in '08. I think '08 was financially more catastrophic to the to the underlying economy than than what we've gone through. Only from the standpoint is nobody had any money. The banks didn't have any money to lend. A lot of the big uh, investment banks were illiquid. Um, so they were, there were a, quite a bit of um, differences in that. But at least what had, we had during this time, in a standpoint, we had credit, we had money, banks had money to lend. So the housing market could kind of continue. People could buy and sell homes and move. Businesses could still, still get some money to, you know, borrowing and things. So that you know, that was the good side, but you're right. The bad side was we didn't have a playbook of how to handle this thing. Yeah. And, and I think that's the biggest issue that we've got. And sometimes you have to go through some bad things to learn so that if it happens again, which I hope it doesn't, I hope it's a hundred years from now that anything happens, but at least we have kind of a, a, a guide to go through if we were unfortunately going to come through something like this again. Yeah. I guess to, to, Finish your answer out. I know that this this particular situation in April, I was spending time at you know five thirty in the morning. I was texting or emailing with attorneys trying to figure out what we needed to do protocol wise and what we needed to do in certain jurisdictions to continue to deliver. Uh, and then I was still on the phone at ten thirty at night sometimes in the situation. And that that's that's probably the longest hours I've worked in a long time that I can recall in thirty four years I've been with the company. So it was. Uh, very fluid situation at that point and uh, had very, very good help from our council to help us get through that. But it was, it was very challenging. So, well, we lived through it. So we just have to persevere. So, but anyway, Jeff, I appreciate you taking your time today. Um, 
if anybody wants to get a hold of you, what's, what's your contact information over there? Email is jbutts at kcg dash like a hyphen, inc like incorporated.com. Oh, cool. Okay. What's your phone number over there? Uh, 913-438-4142. Excellent. Jeff, again, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Enjoyed the conversation. Have a great rest of the week and uh, stay safe. Okay. Thanks. I appreciate it. You got it. Cheers, everyone. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Kansas City Connections, a local business podcast brought to you by Wealth Partners Corporation based in Overland Park. Need help planning for retirement? Call Steve Hoover at 913-685-3207. That's 913-685-3207 or online at wealthpartnerskc.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting app so you never miss an episode. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, and pretty much everywhere else you can listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next edition of Kansas City Connections, a local business podcast. Any financial information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.